Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of the Lonely Mountain Mystics Podcast. It's been a little while between these seasons and we are excited to be back. As for where we've been and what we've been up to, well, that is what this episode's about. Before we jump in, just a quick reminder to check out the website, LonelyMountainMystics.com. There you can listen and learn more about us, reach out to us, and even sign up to help sponsor the podcast. As always, thank you to our patrons for supporting us, especially with the long break in between seasons. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast and Devin's laughter. I start every episode. I think we. Laughing. I think you do. We start every episode with Devin laughing. Welcome to the podcast. And <laughs> sorry, it's been so long. It's been a minute. We missed you. Where have we been? Well, whole oh, thing. The same place as all of you. Yeah. <laughs> home. home. Specifically Mostly. your home. Yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah, it's been a few months. We promised you an atheism for Lent recap episode. We lied. We lied. <laughs> we lied. <laughs> that was oh, I just didn't know that the world was going to end. Yeah, this this will serve as that uh, recap episode, as uh, anemic as it may be. <laughs> but yeah, w- I guess we have a few interesting things to say about atheism for Lent. And then just kind of like a COVID update, like what's been going on in our lives, because the world is crazy right now. Um, and as we kind of head into season two, I, I don't know, just yeah, what what things are like so let's start with atheism for lent though so last lent we hopped on board with this course called atheism for lent which is exactly what it sounds like that's actually not true it's more complicated than that it's more nuanced it was actually a lot of fun i don't know you know how all you felt about it but i thought it was a lot of fun it's a course done by peter rollins who we actually had on the show super interesting guy a lot of great stuff to say and i hope we have him back sometime and I hope that we get to finish Atheism for Lent sometime, because I don't know about the rest of you, but I did not finish. Stephanie did. did. did it. So, Stephanie, yeah. you finished. Yeah, I don't hey. know how you sleep at night, having <laughs> that just hanging out there like that. I'm a bit of a completionist, and yeah. it actually does bother me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had to finish, or I just couldn't sleep at night. And it was it was scary at first because, ooh, that word, atheism, that's bad. That's yeah. very bad. But then I learned that it's not. <laughs> and I liked I liked the academics of the course. I liked learning new things. And I liked realizing that atheism is good for faith. I like the way Peter Rollins. Mm uses atheism to boost up Christianity, really. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think that was one of my big takeaways, too, is like, I've heard this on a couple other podcasts. I think mostly Rob Bell's podcast, and it might have actually been with Peter Rollins, where they talk about the loyal opposition. Mm-hmm. This, you've got this thing, which is religion, and then you have this critique, and then religion changes and forms, you know, it's different and it comes back. And then you have, you know, more critique and it's just this back and forth, back and forth. Mm. In the meantime, both are getting stronger and both are getting more rich. Um, and so, yeah, that idea of a loyal opposition is really cool. I yeah. Think. I think it's actually That's, particularly interesting for the, the time that like we're in, like just socially right now. I think yeah. kind of an interesting mm. concept. And to tie that back into the episode for those that listened to 
the episode with Pete, that is literally what the word dialectic means mm. is to, to have object A and then the inverse of that object to create a new unity or a new th- synthesis. Um, and then you have object B, which is this whole thing. So it's, you literally don't get new things without that, without that disagreement. My experience with atheism for Lent is I loved, so I loved the content. I also didn't finish it. It butted up against some of the stuff that I did in undergrad and then graduate school as well. So I was kind of familiar with it going in, but the and way you that you had Pete, done it before also. Uh, yeah, he changes the content every few years. Well, every year. So I think I did it back in 2017. Yeah, some of the stuff that he, he I think, had used before. But I loved the Darren Brown video. Yes. With people. That's the video where he takes a volunteer from the crowd that admittedly is like 96% atheist. They don't believe in any higher power. And then he asks for a volunteer from the crowd to read a curse over a family member using some, like a satanic book of rituals or something like that. And like nobody, like only one person volunteered. And he looked severely uncomfortable saying it the entire time. Just going to show that like, our stated beliefs and our unconscious beliefs don't line up. So when people are saying that this is something that they believe, that is a good indication that they don't actually believe that when forced. And the beliefs are kind of more of a matter of, well, the thing I got from that is that beliefs are more of a matter of identity than anything else, which is, I'm sure we're going to suss this out in you know later episodes, but that's uh, that has kind of been my experience with religion in general, <laughs> has been a, a, a statement of identity and like attempted belonging rather than uh, than actual adherence or belief. Yeah, still kind of wish I knew what the last three weeks of atheism for Lent talked about, though. Oh <laughs> man, there's, there's more for next it's, time. <laughs> exactly. So I uh, did not have quite as light of a time as it sounds like some other people had. I did not finish it, and I intentionally stopped trying to finish it. So. I was, it was a, it was a yo-yo ride of emotion uh, and stuff for me. So part of it was looking at, um, I do love the, the, the dialectic nature of it. I love the back and forth. I love the loyal opposition. I really enjoyed that aspect. But what was challenging was seeing some of the views that I used to have, seeing some of the views that have since died, seeing some of the views that are still evolving, and feeling all of the emotions that were tied to each of those was really challenging, especially whenever we got deeper and deeper into uh, the pandemic situation. So for me, I intentionally took a break from the heavy emotional weight of that emotional work of deconstruction, spiritual stuff in general. And I intentionally, as a point of self-care, uh, took a break from it. I definitely still want to hear it. I still have not figured out how to balance working from home and listening to podcasts because I used to do that on my commute and in between driving to customers. And so I had a lot more like time where I could only listen to podcasts. Uh, but so I'm still trying to uh, suss out how I'm going to finish it, but I definitely want to. But the the pandemic was challenging for me, not because I have like a healthy or normal fear of my own mortality. Um, as I've shared numerous times in the podcast, I grew up struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts, all that 
fun stuff. And uh, since then, as I've been healing, I still don't really have much of a fear of uh, death. And so the pandemic wasn't difficult for me in that way, but it was challenging in the fact that it touched every other aspect of my life. My son turned four during the pandemic, and at that age, he's starting to discover mortality. And so he had two people that he had previously met who had passed away. A pet that he loved playing with had passed away. We had moved. There was a lot of change. So whenever the pandemic hit and he sees a bunch of people wearing masks, it really affected him. And he started having nightmares, didn't want to play outside. My daughter and my wife are both, uh, they can feel the emotions in the room. And so for them, feeling the anxiety and how they internalize brought a lot of additional stress and anxiety for them. My job changed so drastically where I went from working a pretty consistent schedule to probably working at least 50 to 60 hours a week. And that's like not including a commute. I would get up, work early, work through lunch, take less breaks, and work until way later than I normally would. And so it was very stressful dynamic. So every aspect of my life was challenging and a roller coaster ride. And the emotions that were coming from doing atheism for Lent, while I genuinely believe they were good, they were just more than I could handle. So I intentionally stepped away, but I definitely want to come back because it was just, it was phenomenal to get to see other people throughout history who had similar struggles, who had similar uh, change in their views and in their behaviors and in their beliefs, both consciously and subconsciously. It was great to feel that connection across time. So I, I definitely want to finish it, but that's my very long-winded answer as to why I didn't. Hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I love Peter Rollins. First of all, I really appreciate it his work I Pete, do. we're sorry we didn't finish yeah except for stephanie like, who did finish so <laughs> sad about this please please come back <laughs> please don't hate us it's not you it's us yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah pete's work has had a significant impact on my life i i was introduced to him through rob bell and reading some of his work, listening to him be a guest through some of those series, it's been incredible. There's an episode out there on the Robcast called The Last Guru that they do together, which I think is one of the best that I've heard them do together. Um, so just to say, I can't say enough about how wonderful Pete Rollins is and the work that he's done. It's had a big impact. I didn't get far at all on Atheism for Lent. Um, wasn't for lack of interest. Uh, I think Devin, similarly, I was, there was like a, a number of factors. It, 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 I would say the primary factor for me, despite like the, the pandemic made it so it needed a lot more of my time. So like Everett was home all the time and Everett is not, he is like a, your son. Yeah. Everett is my son. And he, he is like, like he has big energy. He has big noise. So like, so like when you trap all that up in a house during pandemic, it was like, okay, all hands are on deck. Like we need to live we need to live. So that was like priority number one. And, um, I was, I had been unemployed, which was, uh, you know, helpful in the time aspect, but certainly stressful in other ways. Um, but most of all, like my therapeutic process had hit a point where I was reading this book called loving like you mean it, which was like 
completely changing the way that I was looking at myself and really asking a lot of me in terms of like my own emotional awareness. So I think like all those factors combined just like filled up the, the, uh, it filled up the available space uh, for me. So yeah, that's quick glimpse. Again, you know, I, I'm, I'm so happy that we, that we registered for it. I'm really excited to, to keep, to keep learning from Pete because he's a tremendous teacher, great storyteller. Would you say he's the best guru? <laughs> the last. <laughs> no, that one was so cool. I'm telling you, you got to go check that out. The last guru. It was so incredible. It was so incredible that like, you know, a really good, it was kind of like just making the point of like the, well, I mean, it does a million things in that one episode, but a really good teacher will leave you looking to yourself and basically saying like they, you no longer need me. Like, it's been within you the whole time, you know? So it's pretty cool. I'm sitting here thinking about all the different layers of issues that I had going on during a pandemic. And I'm wondering if maybe that atheism for Lent wasn't just a good escape Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me. (laughs) It's great that that was an escape for you. (laughs) A little weird, I know. Um, I really appreciated the way he curated especially in those early lessons the way he curated each lesson with like art or music Mm -hmm. and brought in those different aspects the different layers that I had going on were my mother getting ill canceling a vacation my husband David had a really good friend pass away David was sick for a little bit. We didn't know if it was COVID. Couldn't get the test back then. Back in the early days. Back in the early days of COVID. Totally. I mean, we still suspect that Christina had it like early in March. And she never tested positive for it. But her symptoms were like spot on. on. So it was, yeah, even some of that stuff was like crazy. As far as work goes, I was working from home before COVID. And David would work from home occasionally, so I just gained a co-worker, really. And fortunately, the kids were still busy and active. Oh, and Josh was, my son Josh was in Japan when everything started unraveling, too, and getting him home. That was fun. It's kind of crazy because, like, yeah, COVID hits, and on the one hand, it's like all of your responsibilities shift or go away and a whole new set of responsibilities pop up. Yeah. It's like, I remember at work, it's like we pretty much lost everything in 48 hours and it went from, okay, now we have nothing to do except we need to work three times as hard to try to make something happen. So mm-hmm. like there was always more work to do and that just kind of consumed me. And I just, I mean, I just gave up on really any sort of spiritual like thinking at all. It's just like, I don't know, just survive. Yeah, not even intentionally. Like I'm going to set this aside, but just like never came back to it. Stop listening to podcasts. Stop doing pretty much anything and just like focused on like, okay, let's get, let's take it one day at a time. Yeah. Because that's, even that was felt like looking out kind of far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. The change in habit, I think upset my 
Well, I guess habit. Um, <laughs> I think probably fair to say that I felt alienated from myself, from myself during that time, even though I was the person I was spending the most amount of time with. <laughs> um, I think I saw like two people consistently, like, and one was my roommate throughout that entire time. And I, so I think I've talked, I think we've had like off microphone discussions about this. I feel like sometimes like spiritual matters at this point kind of feel like a luxury I feel pretty comfortable with where I'm at. I don't like, I like still feeling challenged, but when everything that you hear from the news, from my roommate who was out like working, like kind of in the world at the like round people ish at the time. And then like I work in finance. And so everybody I was speaking to is just freaking out. So when every, every piece of your life is just about survival, it feels like those luxuries just don't, there's no matter. And it, it's not that they don't matter, but it's it just was not a part of my thinking at all. It was like two months in, and I was like, I actually haven't thought about God in like like a, like a while. Yep. <laughs> it's, yes. And it's no no offense to God or the idea of God. It's just uh, <laughs> I have been focused on just you know waking up, eating, and then like surviving the next day, even though I'm stuck in my house. <laughs> I have to ask: Did you get a strange pleasure when churches shut down? Ooh, I kind of, I, I don't know if I actually got a strange pleasure. I, I, there was part of me that was like, I wonder how people will, I wonder if this will force people to reevaluate whether, whether or not it is crucial to be there all the time. That drove me nuts in ministry. It was like, you had to be there every week or else there was something, you know, maybe wrong or you were backsliding. <laughs> and I was like, I hope to God literally that <laughs> that church yeah that church pastoral staffs will stop being so goddamn concerned about whether or not people are there every sunday it's funny i saw a, a it was in a facebook group and it was a screenshot of i think a twitter post or something but it was like it was a pastor saying like Guys, you you know you really got to think about coming back to church because the problem is if you stop going to church, you're not going to want to go to church. <laughs> In the Facebook group, I think it was like a liturgist group, and the like, the caption was like, "Well, he's not wrong." <laughs> like, <laughs> it was it was interesting because I got an article sent to me. Because uh, I was excited about like, it was almost like a sick, twisted, you know, laughter of like, ha ha ha. But somebody sent an article to me of the church that I grew up was one of the first churches in Texas or in that part of Texas that started finding a way to still have church happen. And in the picture, so it was a layered set of emotions because I was like, oh man, you guys are missing the point. But also in the picture was one of the elders who constantly thought I was a drug addict came up to my mom at one point. I was like, Hey, when you caught Devin doing drugs, what did you do? She was like, he doesn't do them. And she was like, oh, you can be open here. Like you're safe here. You can admit that he does them. He doesn't do them. And so, <laughs> um, so it was a weird set of emotions where it's like, man, still missing the point. <laughs> just, just still missing the point. Um, so that one was challenging. But on the church side of things, so my wife and I quit going to church about six months before the pandemic hit. Um, so I'm sorry that we condemned the whole world because of our behaviors. I'm just kidding. That joke hurts to make. 
Um, but yeah, so we stopped going and for me, it wasn't that spirituality was a luxury. It's that it, spirituality and stuff like that really, to me, just kind of became a lot more about everything else. And we continued that, that pattern. So I think it was Rachel Held Evans who did Searching for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And in there she talks about like the other sacraments beyond just going to church. And so for my wife and I, like we were really fortunate because I am in sales and my customers at the time were government and municipalities. So we were really fortunate. We were selling a lot of products, a lot of solutions that were genuinely designed to help communities. And, um, but we were making good money in the process. And so we were able to donate to a lot of organizations financially. We were able to take food to our neighbors. We were able to really get into what the rest of of the sacraments are beyond just going to church. And so when I stopped atheism for Lent, I really just focused on what are all the things about spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines that are really going to refuel me as much as possible. And we tried to dig into those and really found a lot of enjoyment. And through that process made like good friends with one of our neighbors who also is new to the neighborhood. And like we dinner with them, we talk with them about life, about what's going on, about how we can help each other carry each other's burdens. And we were like, oh, we, we kept going to church the whole time. We just got rid of the building and the people that were really unenjoyable. <laughs> I guess, uh, sadly, we actually had started loving church for the first saying, Andy, time. You, you still go to church, man, and you <laughs> yeah. love it. We found, you know, the heathen universalist church <laughs> and uh, had been really loving it and had been starting to make friends. And so actually it was kind of a grief there of like, Oh, all of a sudden this is gone. Uh, I mean, they do online stuff, like which we, we did tune into for a little while. Um, we've certainly tried to stay connected to like things they're doing in the community. But uh, yeah, we've missed it. And, and uh, like, honestly, and they know it well, like our church congregation is older. You know, a lot of the people there are old. And so uh, we don't expect to be back together you know, for quite some time until, uh, till this is like seriously, you know, addressable in some conceivable way, which is not on the immediate horizon, obviously. So, uh, yeah. So is that's a weird thing to say? Like <laughs> somebody who's like, you really missed church. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> did Everett ask about going back? Because my kids, we didn't even think that they were going to remember church because of how young they are, but they were like, we miss church. Can we go back? My kids didn't say that. <laughs> How old are your kids for, for the audience here? 16 to 25. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Natalie um, would go, but she'll go on her own to see the people that she wants to see. Yeah. I think in this exact moment, I think I might miss like literally going into a church building more like with people in it more than I maybe ever have. And it's completely a function of just like being seen by people, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long six months, six months, five months, I think. Too many months. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think we act like I think it's like, exactly five months from whenever I stopped being able to go into work. Well, and then when Black Lives Matter, when George Floyd died, I I forgot about all of our issues with COVID for yeah, a little bit, right? Totally, totally. New focus. Yeah. New issue. New motivation. Yeah. Yeah, you find a way to protest with masks on. Right. Sounds like, uh, oh, oh well, no, I was just going to say that sounds like uh, season two, new focus, new issues. The third one that you said. I don't remember what the third one was. I don't either. <laughs> new, new focus, new, new focus, issues. New issues. Yeah. And then you said something else. New motivation. I was going to make a joke, It was, I, but I don't remember it. I really all, hope this all makes it into the into the blooper reel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might. Yeah, it might. It's not me saying something this time, or it will be. One of the things that was extra heartbreaking, especially whenever everything, um, whenever the nation fell apart and descended into race wars for absolutely, yeah. Anyways, it was really heartbreaking because during the pandemic it started to feel like like as a society we were actually like coming together in some really beautiful ways and like there were videos of people's training their dogs to check on the elderly people and like people donating and coming up with cool organizations and cool ways to help uh, people that were at risk and, you know, making sure that we were social distancing and like people giving away material and donating. And it felt like, oh man, we're starting to get our priorities straight. And then as soon as things started to get better, it was a reminder that like, oh, we still have so much that we as a society are still just f***ing up like and it was really heartbreaking because i was i was excited about the beauty of seeing people come together and then sad realizing that it was just a facade mm -hmm. and that underneath that facade we are still a country that struggles with systematic racism and not being able to listen to the voice of somebody else but what is encouraging about all of it and is the fact that that ability to take care of each other, like it's still there. We just have to like get rid of the crap that's blocking it. Thanks to everyone for hanging out for another episode. If you want to connect, you can email host at lonelymountainmystics.com, go to the website or check us out on Twitter. Really would love to hear from you. If you want to support the show, you can go to the website and click on Become a Patron or head straight over to patreon.com slash Lonely Mountain Mystics. A big thank you to those who have become patrons. We couldn't do the show without you. See you next time.